Ladies and gentlemen of Jets Nation from around the world, you're listening to the Good, the Bad, and the Jets podcast. On the move. A lot of time. Directing traffic. Gonna go deep. Have a man deep. It is caught for the touchdown. Corey Davis. Get used to the mantra, all gas, no break. Flag go over the middle. It's caught. Touchdown. Garrett Wilson. Yes, sir. Let's go, man! <laughs> and now, let's kick it over to your hosts, Brandon Ferris and Spencer Klein. Welcome, everyone, to the Good, the Bad, and the Jets podcast. I'm your co-host, Brandon Ferris, and alongside me is Spencer Klein. Obviously... Jets are eliminated from the playoffs. Let's get that, that out of the way. Disgusting performance in Seattle. Second week in a row. They put up six points. You can hear my frustration already. I'm sure, Spence, you'll have some stuff to say. But I want to start this out by speaking to Jets Nation. I want an apology from everyone right now. Whoever crowned Mike White as the franchise quarterback, whoever slid into my mentions, texted you and me about Mike White. You know, I didn't get any text this weekend about how great he was or how he is the the savior of the Jets. You know, it's really unfortunate they lost. Obviously, we weren't rooting against the Jets. And obviously, we wanted them to make the playoffs. But 7 and 9, they're eliminated now. I'm not taking a victory lap. You're not taking a victory lap. But we are owed an apology from people who doubted us, Spence. We were right the whole time. Mike White is not a starting caliber quarterback in the league, and he showed it once again. Another must-win game for the Jets. They come up with disappointments. Three weeks in a row, Detroit, Jacksonville, and Seattle. Disgusting games. Is it all on the coaching staff? I don't know. But I really think that the fan base was very delusional. A lot of people aren't speaking out. about their wrong opinions on Mike White. The the Mike White lovers are are quiet all of a sudden. It's very interesting, but the answer is clear. We were right. We are owed an apology. Yeah, I can't disagree with any statement that you just put out there. Uh, I mean, the things I'll reiterate. Of course, there's no victory lap. <laughs> they have no quarterback answer on the roster. It cost them the season, both Zach and Mike. And Joe, <laughs> all three of them. Well, uh, he couldn't. Uh, and Strepler. Even him. He, I, he can get grouped in there with his snaps. Like, couldn't get the job done. It's a problem. And, and all of them should not be here next year. And yes, it's not Mike White's backup either. Just just clean the room out. I don't want to hear anything like that. So making that clear. Um. Yeah, the other. other oh, and yeah, on, on top of that. If you put Mike White in any hypothetical for the 2023 plan, I'm just going to deem you as unserious. You don't know what you're talking about. And I'm just going to discredit you and not listen to you. <laughs> I'm just going to make that, that very clear right now. So Now, everyone's quiet now. All of a sudden, everyone's yeah. quiet on the Mike White front. Yeah, they're, they're all bad. That's, we, we can make that clear. We're not, this, we're not Zach Wilson Hive. He's bad, too. That's nothing new. We're not, uh, <laughs> we're not in La La Land there anymore. That's it in the quarterback room. It's bad. And I think a point that I would add is 
it's hard to blame, but like I think the players, the way they reacted to Mike White versus Zach towards the latter portion of the season, they were. I'm not going to fully question efforts, but there definitely was differences in performances, like at least in terms of like blocking and things like that. Like, did did they just not put that same effort out there with Zach? Well, just, also, I'm going to put it out in the blinks. I don't know, but like, there certainly was. They were you, all in. You texted me during the game. White had a lot of bad throws. He was horrendous yesterday, and he missed a lot of throws to the tight ends, the wide receivers. But you didn't see Garrett Wilson throwing his hands up and, and pouting when Mike White was the quarterback. So, yeah, it, it like the team really crushed Zach's confidence, too. And I think Garrett Wilson, is his attitude is similar to Jamal Adams, which I do not like. He's too emotional. Yeah, they, they all have a lot to learn. They got so tied into this whole thing. That's what I'm just going to call it, a thing. Well, because they didn't even give Zach a chance when he came back, the team. It's like they didn't – It obviously they're playing and, like, they're not tanking games or whatever, but, like, they didn't show him the support that they should have. I think he deserves an apology. Yeah, I agree. It's it, it just – it's sunk at all. It's, I mean, it's collective. Like, I can't fully say it's the effort that was a difference for each, for each option that was thrown out there, but, like, the things like that, like not throwing their hands up, uh, some some post game comments. Like I think I saw Dwayne Brown's. I, I'm I'm paraphrasing, but he was like that. It's like White's a warrior. You're like, all right, enough with that shit. Like we don't care anymore. <laughs> and I don't like stop with that. You lost. Like forget that. They're all tough. We we said that. We see. We we get it. And I also don't want to hear ribs as an excuse for him playing poorly. I don't think anyone's using it as an excuse. But yeah, don't tell me he's a warrior and it's like the ribs was a. a brutal part of it there's, there's maybe, no maybe brown maybe if you and your offensive line would block we they, like they wouldn't be in that situation a, a lot there's a lot of talk from guys who have been liabilities this season yeah <laughs> I, I i agree with that as well uh i mean and that that impacted all of them that that's a white problem a zach problem a flacco problem they all were getting crushed regularly and, and look i know we said this if you're gonna go back and check our seats on the pods all year uh yeah, we we said at times like how could Joe Douglas prepare to have like ten oh I don't know whatever it ultimately ended up being eight to ten offensive linemen start games. Yes, it's pretty damn tough and being on like your fifth tackle at, at points in the season, but you still need to perform when you're out there ultimately. So, like I'm not I'm not blaming Joe for that part, but, but also, like it's. You- concerning how many injuries they've had in the past few years. Like yeah, it, it's. I- it's like every year now they have to do something. I, I truly have no answer to that. As I heard Salah, or maybe not Salah, I don't 100% recall. Somebody mentioned in the posting they hadn't been practicing in pads like during the week in months. So it's not like you're getting banged up during the week. I, I don't, as I have no answer to that. I'm no expertise in the air. I don't know if it's a strength and conditioning thing. Uh, yeah, I have zero clue what to even say to that. That's the problem. That's something they need to look into. Like, almost every star player on the team has been hurt this year or last year, right? I, I, yeah. Someone's, they've all been just dinged up in, in many ways. I agree. Like, yeah. I can't really name. Yeah. Besides, like, the tight end room, like, the tight end room's probably been the healthiest. And uh, 
and the cornerback room. That's really it. Every other position has been hampered with injuries. Yeah, it's a it's a problem. I I don't know what the formula is to fix that. <laughs> I'm gonna leave that to. I guess I'm gonna leave that to them. So I, I I just don't know what else you can do. I know I was laughing. There were some quotes that from like the Gaze time. <laughs> he said also they're gonna do a deep dive in injuries, and he's like, "What's it like? I don't know what you do for a deep dive in that." <laughs> that's what that's kind of my answer. Like I don't know what you do. Like you can only what are you gonna just not work out? Like I I don't. I don't know. That's all I could say to the injury piece. I really don't know what what else can be done. Just well, they could it, get banged up as much. <laughs> it it could also you could also look into like recovery times. Like sometimes training staffs will mess up recovery and they aren't back when when they should be. Like we saw Cam Akers come back from a torn Achilles within six months, but it took. Uh, Carl Lawson over a year to become fully healthy. And, and maybe it was a different type of injury, but we see it in college when, when college players transfer out because they're not happy with how the, the training staff helped their injuries. Uh, my sister, she's an athletic trainer for uh, Lafayette College D1 football, and she said uh, a guy almost transferred out because they didn't take care of his broken ankle the, the correct way. So it's, it's something that could hamper teams. And the thing is, I'm pretty sure they overhauled that entire department with, with this, of course, with the regime changes. So I, yeah, I'm think. positive. I really got nothing. <laughs> I'm laughing. I, I have no solution there. I don't get to overhaul it again. <laughs> Go back to school, maybe. Like, I, I truly don't. I don't know. My answers are definitely still good to this one. But it, it's I'm, a problem is, is the moral of the story. Because it just, just continue. I mean, it derailed the season in your top. T- I mean, again, oh. Let me rephrase that. Like losing Brees and AVT shouldn't shouldn't have derailed the entire season, but it basically did. They went what now two and yeah two and eight the rest of the way. Like that's her, that's horrendous. Yeah, like that's that's like, a problem. Let's be real. Let's be real. Yeah, they're really really good players, but they're probably one of the least important positions on the football field: running back and offensive guard. Let let's slot in AVT at, at guard for now. I complete. I agree with that. Like running back and guard, no doubt. I guess the only difference I would have is like just AVT literally became the jack of all trades. Like, yeah, I'd see that one being more of of a difference down the stretch. Like, yeah, it obviously hurts losing Brees, but I definitely felt at the time and still do they should have been able to overcome his loss in the running back position, even with his home run hitting power. Like, especially with could have done. Yeah, he made that move and he became irrelevant. And and I'm still defending the trade. People are out here screaming at Douglas for the trade. I'm fine with the trade. To- total fine swing. I I have no different thoughts, even with him being an active down stretch. Like nothing wrong with a move like that. It's just it, it is questionable how it ended up happening. Like the the results of it are questionable. Like yeah, why? I, I don't... Like he was he was great in the first half of the season with Jacksonville. Yeah, I I don't really know what happened if he actually if it actually was a health thing or just the like you kind of mentioned like recovery from injury like is the burst just not there? Uh, not really sure there. Or I mean maybe he just also just didn't fit what they were trying to do ultimately. That that that's something that's possible because like I mean look at I know it was one game but like Ty Johnson he showed some nice bursts uh, yesterday uh, down the stretch. Bam showed bursts like and Carter really didn't most of the year. Again, doesn't mean he's bad. We're gonna have to, we have to you know, double, triple down on that. 
maybe not his best season, but he absolutely is a huge piece of the room going forward to making that extremely clear. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't well. say I wouldn't say huge. Well, I I would say I I I would say maybe he's he's probably not being cut, but I wouldn't say it's a hundred percent chance he's back. Uh, okay. Oh, we might differ there. I, I think he's still your RB two next year. Wh- whatever this season turned out to be for him, I'm 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 still a big believer there. I think uh, I think think that the dynamic change with Brees going out, and like I said, it shouldn't have, but I guess it really did because he just he couldn't take the role. He just it he just had like no burst all season. Yeah. And he also gets hurt too. A, yeah. a lot of the problems is that the the Jets are targeting guys who are injury prone. Corey Davis. LaMarcus Joyner, uh, who else gets hurt all the time? Becton gets hurt all the time. Like, they gotta, if, if they're signing free agents and drafting guys, they gotta stop looking at players with an injury history as well. Ashton Davis always hurt. Not that he's relevant, really, but they need to, maybe that's a big reason um, that their injury problem is, is such a problem. They're going to have to focus on availability with all moves they make this offseason. Uh, I mean, how's this? We're getting the most important. How about the quarterback room? I haven't had a quarterback finish 16, 17 games. Who's the last one? I can't even remember. Fitzpatrick, maybe? Yeah, I don't we got ever. I don't even know if he did. I think he did actually probably his second year or his first and second first, year. I, I think 2015 he did. Yeah, I mean, you have these young guys that, Basically, they've all been young guys the last chunk of years with them that they, they can't play a full season. Then meanwhile, you look across the league. I know I'm comparing to the extreme, but you have 45-year-old Brady doesn't miss a snap. <laughs> like, and, and, they're, and, I, and honestly, like the Bucks alone isn't that great. Like They surrendered a lot of hits and a lot of just <laughs> impact in the backfield. Like, but you, see, like, you, you see Aaron Rodgers playing all season with a broken hand. He's 39. I mean, it's all the elites. Mahomes is limping half the time. He <laughs> he doesn't miss anything. Uh, I mean, the list goes on. Joe, oh, I guess Joe Burrow missed the season. Bad example. I'll take that one back. <laughs> but how about, uh, all the, the the big names, most of them, I guess there's a, a, a handful that might not be a part of it, but most of them, they don't miss snaps. And you, you can't have these this quarterback shuffle for talent issues and health issues. You know, who, you know who who doesn't really get hurt much? Derek Carr. Correct. <laughs> Jimmy, go. Did Jimmy, on the other hand, I understand the the issues at hands there. Yes, there's. Yeah, he he is injury boy. <laughs> Can't La- Lamar there. also scares me. Paying Lamar a lot of money scares me as well with his injuries recently. Yes, uh, but I will look. Maybe this is. I mean, there's nothing behind us. I am throwing a little doubt that he's actually that banged up right now. I don't know for a fact. It's total speculation. Like, he knows what's coming up this offseason. He, he gets it. You think he really couldn't get out there? Yeah, yeah. No, I get but I'm just, it's just a hype. It's a thought. I have that thought. Fair, that's fair enough. But no, I get your point, though. I mean, again, for those running style guys, it's, it's, it's more of the story. Again, it's... it's it's the, the the missing games issue is just it's derailed the season from all all positions in the Jets basically. And, but maybe also if the offensive line decided to block, the quarterbacks wouldn't get hit as much. Like yeah. the offensive line has just been brutal this the second half of the season. I would definitely fire John Benton. 
he, he's got to be a scapegoat. But the, look, one thing I want to say is I don't. I, I know I see this take or not even take just these thoughts on Twitter from Jets fans all across, just saying that they got to remake this, they got to add this there, they got to cut this one. I, I don't really think that. Like my take is, I don't think the O line's going to change that much. I really don't. Probably not. Like, and I mean, we we now we could have have these conversations. You know, we we held off last week because they were still alive, but. Like Tomlinson isn't going anywhere. He's he's starting at left guard, whether <laughs> people like it or not. <laughs> yeah, left tackle. I mean, at the moment, if Dwayne Brown doesn't retire, he's starting there as well, whether people like that or not. He's he's, he's got a contract. They're not going to cut him. He'd basically lose half the money. They I feel like he'll, I feel like he'll retire, but at the same time, if I'm giving. If if I can get fifteen million dollars to half-ass my job, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I'm I, I'm just going with like this this scenario that like there's a chance he's just back there as well. Center could have a change there. I'm not sure what's going to happen with McGovern now. I, I I don't have a good answer there yet. We'll we'll see how that evolves. And then there's plenty of weeks to go. And other teams that are alive, obviously, got to see what happens health wise. So I'm unsure on McGovern. Right guard. I mean, I think your hope would be that's probably. You slide AVT back in there. Yeah, he'll be healthy by yeah. training camp. It seems like your right tackle is like a, and this is assuming Dwayne Brown's in the picture. Your right tackle is a toss up of uh, Max Mitchell. If you get anything from Beckton, like I don't think this line's changing that much. I really think it's just you might you might have one addition. That's my it's my current take as of uh, January second. You know things will again well they will change more over the next month. But right now, that's my initial thought. I don't think it's going to change that much. You might have one new starter, is my opinion at the moment. Yeah. One starter that isn't on the roster. Let me make that clear. Because I, my early hope was that Beckton's back in there, but you can't bet on that. Correct. All right. Before we dive into this whole roster, recent construction, <laughs> let's, uh, let's at least review, let's recap the game yeah. from Sunday. The disgusting efforts. I, once I saw the first defensive play of the game by the Jets, I knew it was over. I mean, it's exactly what we said. Don't let those no-name tight ends make plays and Colby Parks and scores a touchdown in two minutes, not even a minute and a half. Well, also, like, they just came out so flat and unprepared, and this is the third week in a row they've done this, and that's on coaching. Like, Yeah. I, my take on the staff has changed so much over the, over the year, if you listen to each pod. <laughs> like, week three, I wanted to clean house. After the Buffalo win, I wanted everyone staying forever, and now I am questioning them again. Because you can't just start the game with a Kenneth Walker 60-yard run, and then you're giving up a touchdown to the third-string tight end, who we literally said on the pod not to do. Like we, We explicitly said the game plan of Seattle. On this podcast, if they would have listened to us, they could have game planned for anything. You you can't lose a game when you let Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf not get 50 yards. Like, that's ridiculous. It just was amazing to me that it was literally exactly what we said. As as you're just saying now, (laughs) the no names made an impact. I'm literally immediately, forget like throughout the game, it was immediate impact. I was cracking up when fans caught that touchdown. Yeah, I, I said, don't let Noah Fant make plays. Don't let Parkinson make plays. 
I honestly didn't even know who Tyler, I believe it was Tyler Mabry was until I looked him up after I actually went to Maryland. I didn't even know that. <laughs> but like first career catch was a touchdown. Why is that <laughs> happening? It's just things that you can't do in a do or die game. Exactly what you said. Like it's 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 coaching. Uh they they've uh, their own fault for letting us throw some potential doubt into them overall. Well, I mean, I guess now we'll just mention it as we're talking about it. Like, I'm I'm not firing Robert Sala. Not it's not in my head. It's not even something I'm considering. Uh, but does Woody do crazy things after collapses like this? There's a history of it. So I, I'm saying while I wouldn't, and I think I think you agree as well that you wouldn't either. I also wouldn't be shocked if Woody did something nuclear, and. Uh, and made a change there. So again, not us advocating for a change. We don't want it, but you gotta you gotta think about it because it's it's Woody Johnson. <laughs> it's, yeah, I'll, it's track record. I'll talk about the coaches in a second, but I just want to like talk about the game more because I know, I can't I I can't I'm I'm in full off season mode as you can tell. <laughs> but yes, let's, let's let's stick to it for now. <laughs> we have to do our due diligence for the for yes. the friends of the pods be because like. It was just so frustrating watching the game because it's the second week in a row you only muster up two field goals. Like it, it was like Adam Gase offense or like Todd Bowles offense. It was like nothing changed because you're in like they lost what five in a row and you're in a do or die game for like the third week in a row and you just come out flat. Mike White throws a terrible interception into double coverage which was underthrown as well which, which a lot of his, his balls just aren't that good and it's just like there's only so much blame you can put on Mike White and the players it, it has to go back to coaching at some point like when two 26 year old Jets fans can make a podcast on what you shouldn't let happen during the game and it exactly happens like that's probably a problem wouldn't you agree? We watch them every week. We know what works for them, and we know what they're capable of. <laughs> like it's it's we didn't even know but... we we didn't even know Will Disley was on the IR, and we <laughs> still told them to not let the tight ends do anything. And I don't know what the problem is with the defense because they were elite in the first half, but then they've just like imploded. And this is what I want to talk about the coaches. I don't know if. Jeff Ulbrich will be back next year. There, there's going to be a big scapegoat on the coaching staff if it's not Salah. I said maybe last week or two weeks ago, I'm 100% confident the coordinators are coming back, but I'm not 100% confident anymore. Like Jets Twitter wants LaFleur fired. They're coming for his head. And I don't even know what Jeff Ulbrich's been drawing up. Like, yes. They've only given up they only gave up 23 points. They only gave up what 20 or so points to Jacksonville. If if the offense is competent, they could win those games, but at the same time, they can't create turnovers anymore and they just come out flat too much. Like it, it's tough to start badly and and end very well in in a game. And I'm glad you said the thing about the points because that's the big thing people have been pointing out. That they only let up twenty points, they only let up sixteen points, they let up not they only let up these amount of points. That's box it, score watching. Exactly. They just happened. I mean, yeah, they got a couple of stops when they needed in the goal line, but like 
over the course of these weeks. And then you pin yourself with awful field positioning. And then they come right back down and you get something on the board. So like that point only holds so much. They they just haven't been as good. Uh the run game, they've been getting gashed week after week. Yeah. Stopped and it started immediately. Yes, I mean watching that video of the first play again, saw that today. It's at some point today. Uh I mean the D lineman just kind of got it just got blocked well. I get credit to the Seahawks O line there. And I don't know what the second and third level of, of the linebackers and, and LaMarcus Joyner were doing. I mean, LaMarcus Joyner took a Nash and Davis route on that first play. He's so bad. I don't know if it was his hip wasn't. Again, I don't want to hear the, the injury shit because they're all banged up. I don't know if it was hip. If hip uh, you know, limited his ability to make a move towards it. Whatever it was. Like, it's just, just not good. Exactly. I, as I said this to you, I, I forgot if we said in the preview pod. I think we might have, or at least we said on the side, like, he literally wasn't going to retire this year until the Jets gave him a call to come back. Yeah, so you said that. Yeah, and so you got that guy out there starting. And I think, yeah, I, I thought we mentioned the PV pod, and, and you know, yeah, look at bite them again. You got like an a- AARP guy at, at the safety position. Yeah, it was, I mean, yeah, you know, Cody <laughs> Adams slid in. He wasn't, I'm not saying he was good or bad. He just kind of held, held his own, I guess. The tackling was also just really brutal. Like Quincy... I, I forgot who – I think I was listening to play like a Jet today, and they were talking about how Quincy is so inconsistent with tackling. Like, he, he missed a bunch of tackles. He, Sauce missed some tackles, too, on, on the run game. Like, the tackling was really bad yesterday. It's coaching. Yeah. It should be an – like, I think that's one thing that they've hmm, – I'm, I'm thinking how to, how to say this. Like, they've, they've developed Quincy. He has improved. That's, that's, there's no doubt from last to this year he got better. But I think from our lens of it all, the piece maybe they're missing in their coaching is telling him to just focus on wrapping up at times. He's, as as we, we see, he's always big hit or bust. He had a lot of those big hits land this year. Also had his fair share of big hits that just busted and turned into something. He did it yesterday. I think he did it, my, I might be making it at least once, I know I recall. I feel like it was multiple times that he had that happen. Like, but he also, like, he's taken them a lot better angles this season. He's yeah. definitely a lot better. He just, like you said, he just goes for the big hit. I, I think it's a staff thing, though, because how many times have we seen Jordan Whitehead throughout the year do the same thing, go for that pop? What was the game, <laughs> what, what was the game that I was livid when he went the, for the big hit and he just bounced Tyler off? Boyd touchdown, <laughs> running for my head, no doubt. Yeah, that was so bad. Like, <laughs> It's yeah. We all go whoa! Oh my god! On the big hits, but like, just wrap up. Like, <laughs> live for another down. We don't care. Like, it's fun in the moment, but I rather have fun winning the game. Like, and not letting up points. <laughs> yeah. And I also hate that Quan Alexander is only getting like fifteen percent of the snaps when Quincy's getting ninety. Yeah, I don't. I I I really want to. You know, there's something you're gonna have to look at over the next couple of weeks. I want to see. Like, was that a theme? I didn't really catch it the the last couple of weeks. That his like snaps really decreased. I felt like he was pretty. I thought he close. was forty to fifty every game. Yeah, I, I gotta I gotta take a look at that because if that was a trend that just did not recognize. I mean, again, I'm gonna question the staff there because the the problem is like. They're not going to stop, but they need to chill out on the substitutions, especially on really big plays. When I, I think when I was at the Jacksonville game, like I said, or maybe the Detroit game, 
Quincy and Lawson were not on like multiple third or fourth downs. That's like the rotation. I understand they want to do their. I, I know we've talked about this too. But I get they want to do their percentage thing, and they're not all going to play 100% on the D line. But it's like they don't time, and it's just what you're saying. I, I know they don't time it right. Like, wh- why give, give like, uh, <laughs> give the fun unit of Clemens, Jermaine, <laughs> et cetera. Give them first or first down or second down between whatever the shuffle is. Hey, Clemens was good yesterday, though. No, like real. I was say real. He want them in more, but like no, whatever their depth chart is of of the group, like give the Lesters or how's this? Give the Vinnie Curry, Solomon Thomas crowd. <laughs> give them that one first down you know, or early. I don't know. At, yeah. at some point throughout a drive, like not keeping them in on third down, which I'm not saying it happened yesterday because no, Vinnie Curry also didn't play. He was inactive, but like I, I, I get your point is what I'm trying to. It, well, I mean, really at, this say. Point, at this point, I'm just like wrapping up on the season. We only got one week left, so I'm just like saying teams of the yeah, day. yeah. Um, it, and it, I, the awareness needs to be better of the staff, of the defense, and the offense. And what was it like? Nine minutes left, and they punted. What on their own forty? Yeah, that was that was. Unbelievable. <laughs> it worked out in their favor. I mean, worked out. They still lost the game. Worked out that they were able to get the ball back about a minute and a half later. But, like, what the hell were you doing? Your season was on. And, look, Saul has been pretty good all year with, with in-game yeah. decisions. We've given him his credit. We're on. Yeah. Get our receipts on that. They're out there. But I don't know what he was doing on that. Like, it's not like your defense was cooking. They weren't. But- and and also, like, they, they try and establish the run way too much. Like, LaFleur doesn't understand when the run game isn't working. I think it's, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's like you, you got to change up your order of it. Like, I I understand the game plan against Seattle was to run the ball because teams had been kicking their ass week after week in the run game. But, like, and this was, I, look, I heard this from some other pods too, like run, excuse me, th- pass the ball on early downs, run the ball on later downs for in short yards, not run the ball get stuffed and then we're backing up and a sack like it's it's the order of it was the problem for me because I understand I guess that was the game plan for Seattle but like you you got to set it up appropriately I don't don't think they did I mean, he, I mean there's one that just made me sick and I'm sure you're or maybe you were about to mention it <laughs> that third and four if you recall yeah I was gonna say the yep. third play yeah. is just horrendous like that that made absolutely no sense to me. Like, what are you doing? Like, even if it was four down territory, which it ended up being, what are you doing? I'd rather th- throw it twice. You have you have players that could make plays. I it was it was positive. I guess like I mean, I'm with that now. We got to talk about the floor. We're 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 diving right into it. <laughs> Go ahead now. Um, Say it again. He sucks right now. Yeah, he right now he's he's a problem. <laughs> so it's 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 a little different for me with the solid Lafleur thing. Like, ideally, I do want Lafleur back. It's a little bit different of my answer with Salah. I want him back. It shouldn't be a question there. But I say ideally with Lafleur because again, quarterbacks have produced in this offense that were not Zach Wilson, <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, but like, he's. I've seen this uh, on Twitter a lot, and I agree. They need a veteran in the room with LaFleur. Yeah. And I, to replace him 
replace him with a veteran. Get like Frank Reich or something. And like if if you want to keep Lafleur, get him an assistant. Definitely get rid of the quarterback coach. He's garbage. Get a real good quarterback coach. They need they need some veterans on on the staff. It's a pretty young and inexperienced staff, which yeah. is not good for a rookie quarterback. Also, yeah. like maybe that's why they couldn't develop him. Like Lafleur and staff did nothing to really help Zach. And yes. Yeah. That Zach's at fault because he also sucks, but at the same time, it's also on the staff. It's like 50-50 there. Mm-hmm. So they they need a more veteran presence there. Yeah, and that's what I say. I say ideally want him back because I, I do think you give him a, a good veteran quarterback, he will be able to do good things. He, he showed that at times, but yes, he absolutely struggled down the stretch. I mean, People have to be accountable for not scoring touchdowns <laughs> uh, down the stretch. That's players and coaching, absolutely. So, like, but but also, who do you replace them with? That's that's the other thing. Yeah, like it's if to me, if it's not like a, uh, I mean, I'm, these these are just ideas I've seen floated around on Twitter. I know you mentioned Frank Reich already. He makes total sense. A veteran play caller. Uh, I mean, coming off a head coaching job, a way to rebuild his his status. There is absolutely a connection with him and Douglas. They crossed over in Philly. Yep. Uh, I mean, one is kind of Varel, but he did play for the Jets <laughs> like in the nineties, I believe. I saw. Yeah. Might have been. I got. I might be mixing up the years, but he was a player for like a year. That's Dude. not really a factor, but you know, it's, it's a fun thing to just add to it. <laughs> so, like, there's there's something there if they were to do it outside of him. Like, I I don't. Know who else he'd really go for? I mean, the other name I know I mentioned, you saw it tossed around on Twitter, like Todd Monken, who's currently at Georgia QB slash OC. There has NFL experience. He was a name on our list uh, for head coach. Actually, I think I think it was around the Bulls Gaze timing, if I recall. I, I might be mixing up years again, but I don't remember which year it was. I feel like it was the Gaze year. I think it might have been. Yeah, I think it might have been the Gaze because he had he came off the, the season with the Bucks where. I think it was where James threw like five thousand yards, or, or right around that. Yeah. So like, it, those are like those are names that are veterans, NFL experience that have produced very good offenses. And like, if it's not something like that, like more of the story, if it's not a veteran play caller, like keep keep Lafleur and, and change up the staff around him. I don't see what else. What else you do? Going to a new rookie play caller would be. Uh, that would be a horrible move, honestly. I would. I'll Dude, say that. Yeah. yeah, I have a fun one. What about Bill O'Brien? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like as a play caller, realistically, I don't think he's bad, and that's that's not just saying because Bama has been good, but like prior to his head coaching tenure in Houston, I don't think he was deemed a bad play caller. Is that crazy to say? No. Uh, I don't think they would do that, though, honestly. I think he, I mean, does not Jets, but like, wouldn't be shocked if he finds his way back to New England <laughs> as well. <laughs> but it's a, fair, it's a fair idea to toss out. It's someone like that that just has, had, has done it before, that, that has the experience. It's Not Nathaniel Hackett. No, oh, not, not an option. <laughs> Absolutely not with, with how that then ends. <laughs> Agreed there. Um, Any other coaches former co- what, what this is a fun one what about matt Nagy? I, I mean i'm not opposed honestly i think that they, maybe that's a hot take i'm not like, I think <laughs> he's done and people say just a product of kc but like 
I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on that one. I'll, I'll think Wait. a little more about Matt Nagy. <laughs> He's in Kansas City right now? I believe he went back, yeah, oh. after, uh, after losing his role last year. I didn't know that. I thought you would I'm say that one up, but I, I thought I saw that he went back. I, I thought I thought you were going to definitely say no on that one. No, no, I'm honestly, I'm not a phone load there. I, sometimes I think it's look with everything. It's situational. He's one. He's one. Maybe I personally will give a little benefit of the doubt. <laughs> I don't know. He he wasn't able to develop fields that well. Yeah, it's 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 a fair point. But look, there's there's it, like there's they, the hand, you go ahead. Lafleur also couldn't develop Zach Wilson, so like, like right now you're just throwing darts at a dartboard. Yeah, and look, but think, this is fun. This this is the fun part. This is what we've been waiting for. Yeah, who, who wants to win, right? <laughs> That's no, no comment there. <laughs> but realistically, I honestly expect Lafleur is back, and there's no change to the OC. Well, the the other thing I saw is is you go ahead. There could be like a power struggle, not really a power struggle, but like, what if Douglas or Woody say you have to fire Lafleur? Sal's not going to do that. There's no way he's going to fire Lafleur. I think he's too loyal to him. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what would happen in that case. I don't think he's, and I, I don't think Sal is like that ridiculous. And I, this is me saying I don't think. Maybe I get proven wrong and, you know, my receipt will be here. I don't think he's that ridiculous. He's going to, like, cost his, himself the job because of his buddy. I just think they both got to go then together. I, I just saw that as a hypothetical on yeah. Twitter. Here's another thought with before, because I ultimately don't think he's going anywhere. It's Whether it's a demotion or not or a shuffling of roles, like, go copy what they were doing in San Francisco before he came. He was the passing game coordinator there. Maybe you make him the passing game coordinator. You bring in Frank Reich as the run game coordinator slash QB coach and the play caller. You Maybe you give it to Frank Reich as the veteran, but you just keep both involved. Like I would, And I don't think there will be a power struggle issue. I, I, I just don't buy that. Maybe it's fair if that's, there's a, people that would disagree with that. I don't think it's a problem because it absolutely worked in San Francisco for them. I know uh, Kyle was calling the plays anyway, but... It, it can work. I don't think that's a, a totally unrealistic scenario because because you need a veteran in that uh, that uh, excuse me you need a veteran assistant on the offensive side like that that has to be a change. There's there's no that'll be a failure to me. I'll say that now. There's not a a new voice added to that room. They they can't just run everything back after oh, being absolutely not six, after being six and three five and two even and then you're gonna finish at at best uh what. Eight and nine. Yes. We did say at the beginning of the season that was the expectation. But at the same time, like you've said numerous times, expectations change when you're five and two, when you're six and three, when you're seven and four, when you're in a playoff spot for almost half the year. It's considered a big failure when you are six and three and then you go, what, one and six yeah. to end the year? You're, you're in. Three or four must-win games, you lose all of them pretty decisively and embarrassingly. They can't just run everything back. No, I exactly what you said. Like they, yes, they achieved initial expectation, but they failed to achieve the reset expectation. And that's how it goes. Like it should, it should be that way. Like there's no, uh, 
there was no success this year. Like, hey, you found you have some talent on the roster. We've identified that, but you, you failed on an, an, an easily easy missed opportunity. As uh, I mean, I'll go back to our, our our August preseason predictions. I know we said the Seattle Lions. Um, excuse me, I'm saying all yeah. the Jags Lions. Seattle stretch. I believe we had it two out of three. We we said they would fall falter in one of them. Forget that they faltered in all three. <laughs> that that was the dagger of the season. You win two of those, they're they're going to the playoffs. I, I, I will. Say. One of them, at least you have a shot at. Week yeah. eight. You you probably would have been going to the playoffs because we already see what's happening this Sunday. A, a chance that Skylar Thompson started from Miami again. You would have had a golden opportunity. Yep. So, look. I mean, look what bit them in the end. The the supposed in quotes easy stretch of the schedule. Are we surprised? No. <laughs> I hate it. My mom always asks asks me every year they miss the playoffs. Why are they so bad? Why have they been so bad every year? And I just sometimes I just don't have answers. Like, why are they so bad when they keep changing regimes? And like. Yeah, it's probably the ownership, but it's good that Joe Douglas is starting to be held accountable by Jets because he he was named as the savior and the gods last year. And like his first two draft classes are really horrendous actually. Like the 2022 is going to save him and if he if he can replicate 2022 with this year then they have a, a solid chance. But then he also needs to Get a quarterback like his his seat is, is quite hot right now as is Salas and I think it's at some point there will be a, a playoff mandate for next year and at some point we're going to call for that I don't think we need to talk about that right now on the pod but honestly I think you do you can talk about that now all right go ahead I go. mean like how can that not be the it has to be the mandate next year if they don't they don't make the playoffs then you get you have to clean the house. Unfortunately, another rebuild again. I mean, I wouldn't even take something right now at that. You might have to change regimes and just, just, just have new management. Just gonna blue chip talent's not going in. That's the one thing. No matter what, your Garrett Wilson, your guard, your sauce, your go down the list of the ones. Your Breeze, etc. Yeah, until they don't want to play for a losing team. Well, they're under. They'll have them under control for a bit. Yeah. They, they have their five-year window. Yeah, exactly. So like, I, you're it, not drafting. You're not drafting a rookie quarterback. If you're drafting a rookie quarterback, I'm livid. Yeah, that would be a mistake. It's got to be a veteran. No debate there. The name. We'll, we'll have our discussions in the, the upcoming pod episodes for the the off season recording. Of course, the early one. One. I'm not even saying ones yet. Derek Carr. Should be at the top of their list. Um, you probably know that one in a month. Because I know I mentioned this to you earlier, and I saw this as well that his contract becomes fully guaranteed for 2023 and part of 2024 on February 15th. So you're going to know that one pretty quick. Yeah, right after the Super Bowl. Yeah, you're not like the Raiders are not just going to pick that up and hope to make a deal. That would be management malpractice doing that. <laughs> yes. So you'll know on him quick. The Jimmy one, very reasonable one as well. And 
Well, he's a free agent. We won't know until March. Yeah, he's very reasonable that should be on the list, and now we'll see how things evolve the next the next month because there's some other names that things could fall apart for their team. So I think it's hard to to talk about them yet. I know we've we've had some ideas, but we'll we'll see. What the the quarterback situation needs to be settled by the end of free agency, just so that they know what to do with the draft. Yeah. And look, is, it, is this a weird statement to say? Like, it should it should be easily resolved. Like, the options are going to be a matter of them just doing it. Yeah. 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 Anything else to say? Got to say this, too, as we're talking. The all, absolute audacity of some of these fans prior to this week when their boy Mike White fell apart, like, saying they wouldn't want Derek Carr. You are absurd. Like, Boo Dyson on, on radio saying that Derek Carr isn't made for New York. Derek Carr would be the best quarterback they've had since Fitz, maybe even better. Like, the audacity to not want someone who's thrown 25 touchdowns and 35 of 100, 4,000-yard seasons. Like, what do you want? It's ridiculous. Like, literally, what do you want then? And look, these takes will say, even if he ultimately, I hate to say it, but if he were to land, like, let's who knows what's going to happen with two in his career now? I know it's it's a crazy thing going on. What if he went to Miami? Like I would be, I'd be pissed. Like who? Derek Carr. He he's oh. he's good. Like this is these takes stay, even if he leaves and goes to uh, forget leave if he goes to another destination. Like he's just, he sucks if he goes somewhere else. Well, yes. <laughs> but, you know the point we're, we're trying to make there. Like, yes, he's he's quality. If you don't want that. I'm not sure what your expectations. Again, I know we said this in the last week or two. Like you're just not finding Patrick Mahomes on the market. You're not. I am excited for them to trade for Carson Wentz. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'm, I can only laugh to that. I have full confidence. It's an above zero percent chance they do, which is bad. I'll uh, no. I'm throwing that one out, and if I have to eat my words in that, I'm going to be sick. There's, there's a few names I'm vomiting at if they're Jets. <laughs> Carson Wentz is one of them, and I don't care. I will not accept Daniel Jones here. I think he's a <laughs> fraudulent player right there. All right, let's let's talk about the defense real quick because it's it's interesting with with Salah being a, a defensive head coach. Is it possible Ulbricht gets fired and he becomes the DC? I wouldn't rule it out, but I think my take as of now is is it stays the same there, honestly. I don't think they'll even change anything coaching-wise on the defensive side. Yeah, that's fair. I just I know they love that cornerback coach. I think his name's like uh, so, so Tony, Tony Odin or Odin. I'm not 100%. The, cor- the cornerbacks love him. Yeah, yeah, I know, and I know he's had good history with the Dolphin cornerbacks. I mean, clearly he's doing a good job here. Yep. Um, I don't even know who the linebacker coach is off the top of my head. Um, I know they have his name White Cotton, the, the D line coach. Like he still did a good job. Like he, he's good. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't really think anything changes at all on that side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, you, you, I just don't see what that would really change if you got rid of Obrick and like Salah just took over the play calls like. Do you think they're on the same page, realistically? Like, Yeah, I guess. So, that's my expectation there. I think the defensive staff 
stays exactly the same. I, I, I could just see Woody wanting a, a big splash and not wanting to get rid of Salah, but... I mean, who... I, I don't know who's on, like... I, I have to look more into, like, scheme stuff. Like, I don't know if, like, a Vic Fangio or anyone like that is, like, on the same uh, mindset as, as Salah. I don't, I don't know that well enough off the top of my head. Like, if you want to bring a voice in like that, if, if they are in the same type of scheme and things, like, I'm, I'm not going to complain. Like, I would accept that. <laughs> I, had, I would accept if they were to move on from Oberk. I'm not going to, like, flip out of that. Who would you rather them keep, LaFleur or Oberk? I think Jeff Jane's going to flip out of you, but to me, it's the, it's the floor. I, I'm not. I'm just not out on him. I really do think he can be good and show the flashes. He just had a very, very bad last portion of the season. Mm, I I just think he needs help. They need to bring in help for yeah, him. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm clearly I'm a Lafleur apology. I'm like Lafleur high still. I'm I'm not, <laughs> I'm not out yet. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I want him fired unless it's Frank Reich taking over. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. It's got to be something like it has to be named like literally just as that. It can't be anything but that level of a hire. Because I, I just have this bad feeling that if you you move on from him, that he still is going to be a successful coordinator in this league. Whether he would, I'm really getting a chance where to go back to San Francisco if a change were made. I think he would just be fine, and he would go right back into a producing group and find his way back into a role. It's just it it, it's, it all comes back to me for me. Get him a good quarterback. I think he'll be fine. Or maybe they can just hire Cliff Kingsbury when he's fired. I you know I love that. <laughs> I would certainly be on board. That he might not be a good head coach, but he definitely knows how to still call an offense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think I'd rather keep LaFleur. Ulbrich is, like, replaceable. Yeah, I just don't think there's uh, any further potential with Ulbrich. Yeah. I think LaFleur, there is, just, there is a high ceiling. Again, I think Jet fans might run at me right now with that take. I know they have all are calling to chop him off, but I'm, I'm just not there. Remember when everyone didn't want him to be hired because they thought he'd be a head coach? And he... that, that was always insane. <laughs> <laughs> like, one, one day at a time, perform first. Well, I, I, we, we never bought into that. No. I was like, again, <laughs> if that were to happen, it's a good problem to have. Yeah, exactly. And we're talking about potential replacements right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was absurd. That yeah. like people didn't want him hired because of that. Yeah, and I, I, I'm gonna plant this one out here because we, we, you know, we both seen this. Like, if Woody were to go nuclear, <laughs> you know where I'm heading with this too. You know, we've talked about it. Like, there is more than a zero percent chance that Jim Harbaugh would would potentially be into the discussion as the Jets head coach. And he's he's always in the discussion. Exactly. Anytime there's been an opening. <laughs> Family's involved. He <laughs> finds his way in of either he's declined interest or they want to talk to him, or they didn't. They I think they have talked to him in the past. So I'm just planting that now to get our receipt out there. If Woody were to go nuclear again, not advocating it. Don't want it to happen. It shouldn't happen. But you, know, you heard it here first. <laughs> well, also like I, I also. Don't understand that part because the head coach reports to the GM in the new in the new structuring. So like, it seems like it's 
they're a, a package deal right now. Yeah, I mean, Woody could really go extreme and you just you know, can't at all. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't think they should. That would be a bad idea. I, I'd be very, very concerned if something like that happens. Uh, no, in two week, in a week, <laughs> Black Monday's coming up. I would be shocked if Robert Sala is on that list. No, I agree. It'd be, I, I will say, it'll be a mistake. Yeah, it's cutting cutting it too early again. Uh, and just, I know I keep going back to the quarterback. Like. You give these guys a good quarterback. I have confidence that they're in the right infrastructure to to get back to the playoffs. I I, I would like to see the whole staff to come back with with Derek Carr. Yeah, I agree. Or yeah, <laughs> maybe like not John Benton, but like the coordinators and Salah. Let them run it back with a really good quarterback and and see what they can do. Give give them that one year. Give them that playoff mandate. And if they fail with a veteran quarterback, then Everyone's gone. Yep, and I think that's a totally fair thing. You get that's th- that's three years for the coaching staff. I think we were year five or six for Joe Douglas at that point. It's plenty of time to turn it around because yep, you already see these comparisons like the Giants did in one year with with a bad roster. Yep, <laughs> but exactly. with I think our big rants are done for now. Yep, a lot more hypotheticals to come, a lot more cuts, who's staying, what moves to make, this and that. Yep. All come, but as you said, one more week to go. We'll talk about that in a week. Yeah, we'll have our last preview and then our last review next week. And then the fun begins. Yeah. I think we'll, I guess we could still do this. Like we could hold off on the review pod to at least after Monday just to, just to see of the fallout, see if there's any immediate reporting on changes and things there and and go from there but we'll say this also now as we wrap up like you got to be rooting for a loss on sunday unfortunately let's get that top 10 pick yeah like i i know i know we've said like you got to win game at the end here to show that it's an attractive destination i think you've already achieved that it's it's very where there's talent here they're close and they're some might be arguing that they're not one piece away, but at least they're a piece away from getting back into the playoffs. I don't think winning Sunday is, or losing is changing that. So get that better pick at this point. And now I always say, like, unfortunately, they're sitting at fourth in division. Get that better two opponents for next year or weaker, excuse me. And change will be made for those teams too, but, like, why not? Yeah, just better yourself for next year. Yeah. But we 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 literally say that every year, though, <laughs> when they're finishing last. Got to end next year. That's discussion. Has to like has to, or or we'll be talking about a new staff from top to bottom. Yeah. Well, I think that is enough for today. Yep. We have all off season to do these pods, these like four hour long pods that we can do. But big news: the Instagram is back, Spence. So let's let's do the socials. Very excited. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram again at the good, the bad, pod, officially back uh, on Twitter at good bad jets pod, and you can follow me on Twitter at be Ferris verified. Yep. Thank you, Ren. As always, hype. The Instagram is back, no doubt. <laughs> Check me out on Twitter at s client eight two four one zero three three. 
Uh, definitely going to be doing one of my off-season threads again. I know I, I enjoyed writing that all up last year. Uh, and definitely we'll we'll do that again. It's fun for me, and we'll, you know I love to put my receipts out there. Tariq Woolen, I knew. <laughs> uh, on TikTok, of course, check me out. NY Jets SK eight two four, and I, I will say it now. I'm, I'm committing to it. I, I want to start getting back going with the off-season TikToks again. Uh, clearly lost that consistency last year, but it's time. Gonna you know, we're waiting for the season to wrap, and then we'll start doing the. You know, kind of the same theme. Who's staying? Who's going? What should they do? And let's see what happens. All right. Well, we hope you enjoy. What? Did you, were you going to say something? That's all. So it'll, it'll be an active social media offseason is the plan. Well, let's hope. Let's <laughs> hope there's uh, enough content for that, too. Exactly. Well, we hope you enjoyed the episodes. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. And thanks for listening. We'll